the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Hi, I'm Rob Black. Good day. I'm your financial expert guiding you towards retirement. Or something like that. Maybe poverty. Rob Black caused millions of people to save accounts. Think about retirement. Get on the same page. And then everything went to a heck in a handbasket. Uh, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money invested in more. Um, one of the things you know we should talk about probably on a regular basis is areas of mistakes that you make. Because I think if you cut down on the mistakes and you just ride the system, like, I don't know if I had the best funds last year, but I don't think I made any big mistakes in my mutual funds and ETFs in my uh, 401k. Uh, does that mean I maximize my money? I beat the market so far this year. Did I do the best, best, best? Will I look at my choice of funds and at the end of the year say, oh, who knew that one was going to do so great? Um, it's tough. It's tough not to play that kind of game in your head, right? Um, so be cautious. So in your 401k, there's different funds. And I think the best thing to do is to start with some sort of equibalance idea. I know you're saying, what's the word equibalance mean? I've never heard that. Work with me on this, okay? Um, you want some small caps, some mid caps, some large cap, some international and some income. And you equibalance by starting with 20% of each of those. Or you can go for a lifetime fund. Or you can go for a lifestyle fund. If you were to say, ooh, look, there's an S&P 500 fund. That could be 20% of your large cap. For me, it's a large cap weighted fund. Now, again, this isn't science. So this isn't how you go, I'm going to get the pen out and write it in ink. And then you'll see something like uh, a Russell 2000 small cap fund. And you're like, hey, well, there's 20% there. I got, I, I got 40% of this. 
Um, look, there's an international fund or an emerging markets fund, uh, but it's really volatile. So instead of 20%, I'm just to do 10%. And that gives me an extra 10% when I'm all said and done. Or I like volatility because, you know, when you take a look at these markets, they're not as well developed, the emerging markets. So if they catch up to our quality of living, our standard of living, which they won't in your lifetime, you know, there's no way Haiti's going to become New York City in your lifetime. Um, but it's going to probably get a lot closer to that than New York City gets going to turn into a utopia in your lifetime. And by utopia, I mean like no crime, no divorce, everyone has a job, everyone's happy, singing songs from Alphaville. You can hold your car for an afternoon in Utopia. Um, so that's how you start. And again, income, I like REIT, publicly traded REIT funds. That's fine for income. Or you can go with a dividend achievers. Your 401k probably has those choices. Maybe you go 10% REIT fund, 10% dividend achievers. Now, the dividend achievers is going to get you a little bit of copycat with large caps. So suddenly you have almost 30% large cap. But you can also find like a small cap dividend. But small cap companies should be growing and not paying dividends. But some small cap companies, they are what they are. They're not, they're not trying to grow. So this isn't science. You don't write it in pen. You use pencil for the first couple tries. If you do that and send me an email, I'll do my best. But, you know, it's only a second opinion until you hire someone. So you know that. So some things to do before you retire. And I'm starting to think about retirement. I'm still too young, but I'm closer to retirement than I am to college. And, you know, I think 40 is the halfway mark, so you know I'm over 40, right? So if horizons on... if Retirement is on the horizon, and you don't want it to end up like Deepwater Horizon. They all die. Actually, I don't know. I didn't see the movie, but they didn't all die. It was the BP oil spell, so we know some people left. But I don't even want to see that. Who wants to see an oil well get capped as a movie? I mean, does that sound like... That sounds worse than the, the pitch for Hogan's Heroes. You know, let's do a concentration camp, uh, and it'll be a comedy. Let's do... Uh, an action-adventure film where it's historically documented that it's an oil-capping thing when a disaster where it comes out and you know gushes and starts fires, like Little Hogan's Heroes themes. Probably the best theme song of all time for a TV show, in my opinion. Schultz. Schultz, you had the bumbling German guard. I see nothing! And you could pay him off with a strudel. Hey, instead of LeBeau Le going to the gas chamber today, how about a strudel? Mm, yes! I know, too soon to do gas chamber jokes? Probably, always too soon. But Hogan's Heroes was a comedy! Anyhow. Um, so decide how you're going to spend your time in retirement as that horizon gets closer and closer. What do you do the first six months, the first 12 months? Um, you know... Does your wife crawl into bed with you and go, are our hearts connected? And you're like, geez, she's got bad breath. You may not want to spend a lot of time with her in retirement. Because she's thinking romance, and you're thinking, can we get those gums cleaned? Yeah. Another thing you want to do while you approach retirement is determine realistically how much money you're going to spend each month. Um, it doesn't have to be set in stone or chiseled in stone. 
when I went to Europe, I mean, this was my my first real thing in college where I learned about a budget. Um, I had $4,000 or something like that that had to last uh, 100 days. So it was like $40 a day, right? That included train and food and hotel or hostel. So some nights when I would sleep on a train, I'd be like, ooh, sweet. I just saved $10 in lodging or $15 in lodging. So my next day was a $75, a $55 day kind of thing. And if I was able to eat free for whatever reason, visiting a friend or ramen noodles or, you know, one guy offered to let me eat his octopus off his clothesline, I was able, like, so I got a budget. You have to have that in your life somehow, some way, some shape, some more. You need to anticipate the cost of your health care. Uh, you won't have your employer to do this for you anymore. It's on you in retirement. And you may not know what it looks like. Go talk to someone who's 65. Maybe it's your uncle. How much do you pay for Medicare? Medigap, private insurance. It's all up to you. You can shop it. Can you buy a hybrid long-term care insurance policy if you're over the age of 50? You might want to. Somewhere before you're 55, you want to buy long-term care if you have that kind of money. And to determine if you've got that kind of money, which is going to cover your budget, cover emergencies, cover any sort of inheritance and whatever, and if you have all that covered, then you can say, I want a long-term care plan or a hybrid one, um, if you have longevity in your family. Um, You want to boost your cash reserves because retirement means you ain't working. You can't go back to work and make it back up. And you may not have the mental capacity or the physical capacity. So um, if you're going to refinance your mortgage, do it before you retire while you have a source of income. You may find that you're in a tricky position after you retire where you don't have that source of income. I'm Rob Black. Talk about all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. It's the Friday Ice Report. Friday Ice Report. Old time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah. yeah. Your San Jose Barracuda hockey updates. It's that time again. Talk a little ice report, a little ice hockey, a little San Jose Barracuda. The AHL affiliate of San Jose Sharks. I would call them the Junior Sharks, but I think that is the wrong thing to say. Let's bring in the coach, the winningest coach of all time in the AHL, Roy Sommer. Roy, how are you? Good, Rob. How are you doing this rainy morning? Um, took me a little longer to get into work. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm still at home. I, we uh, practice at the SAP uh, Center later on this morning, so I don't have to go in as uh, early as you do. So you've started off the year one and one which is a good position to be because those were two uh, road games. This weekend uh, you have your home game debut for the Barracuda. In fact, you have two home games, and tickets are available at sjbarracuda.com. What can you tell us about how the season's going so far, Roy? Um, I'm real excited. It's been, uh, I think, my 19 years coaching in the American Hockey League. This is probably the fastest team I've ever coached as far as you know, skill and quickness and being able to move a puck and, 
I'm excited to really get the season started. You know, we've been a couple weeks into it, but only played two games. So we'll see what we got tonight. So tell me about some of the new teammates that you have this year or uh, a couple of the new players that you have. Because they are, there's some Europeans. There are some different people on the roster that I've noticed, and uh, they are skilled players. Well, I mean, if you look at our roster right now, it's the like really the first time we've had this many of our draft picks all in one team. We've got 14 rookies this year, which is the most in the American Hockey League. But, uh, you know, that number would probably scare a lot of people, but uh, all the young guys we have, they're good players, man. They just need some seasoning. And we have, like, the three leading scorers of uh, um, junior hockey, uh, you know, from each division playing here. And, you know, the Western League, we've got Adam Haluka, who led the Western League in goals. And in the Ontario League, we've got uh, Kevin LeBanc, who led the Holy Kellen goals and assists and was the leading scorer. And Timo Meyer, uh, who led the Quebec League in scoring. So we've got all three of those players playing for us this year. Um, Marcus Sorensen was one of the top players that uh, recruited out of uh, Sweden. Um, so we've just got an abundance of talent and speed on our team right now. And that adds to some of the players like Nikolai Gubdolin that you had from last year. So you are kind of loaded. Does that put pressure on you as a coach to uh, <laughs> form the next Joe Pavelski or Logan Couture? Well, you know, that basically takes care of itself once we start playing and you guys start getting some experience and, uh, you know, some AHL games under them. And then we see how good they really are. But, uh, like I said, I'm real excited that, you know, they, you know, we've been practicing hard and, uh, you know, we've got our special teams going. Uh, five on five plays been good. And, you know, we really saw how good we are against, uh, Ontario last week. You know, that's probably one of the top teams in the division. And we pretty well had the puck the whole game. I think we outshot them 38 to 15. It was a 5-4 game, but, uh, got lots of scoring. Let's talk about your goaltending situation, Mr. Sommer. Um, you have a new one, I think, Mantis Armalis? Armalis, yeah. He's, uh, he's over from Sweden also. Okay. You know, he was one of the, you know, a real sought after guy in the, in the Swedish league and decided to come to San Jose, so we're excited to have him. You know, he played last week. He got his first win in the American League and, and then we've got Troy Grosnick that's back from last year and, He's had, he had a great, uh, you know, training camp for the Sharks and, uh, he's really good in practice. Unfortunately, he had a 3-2 loss up in Stockton, but, uh, he'll be playing tonight against, uh, Bakersfield Condors. Bakersfield Condors, your opponent for the weekend, Friday, October 28th, tonight at 7, then a matinee on Saturday at 1.15. I expect the stadium to be a little bit more full this season because the big uh, San Jose Sharks run deep into the NHL Stanley Cup last year. Am I correct in my assumption? I hope so. You know, I think you know, we just got to get the word out, like, you know, your show and and uh, your radio station's been calling us and pumping the word out there, and... Uh, it's been kind of a word of mouth thing, but uh, it's catching on. Yeah, if you go to a Sharks game, you can see uh, all over the place the Barracuda, and I love it because of the cheap prices. But I also love it because it's family friendly. I brought my family out three times last year, and Class A organization you treated me very, very well. You personally shook my hand. Well, I'll tell you what: for 
to get into the SAP is probably the most reasonable event that you're going to go to. I think you get in for ten or twelve dollars, and I don't know if there's any event that you can go to at the SAP for that price. So it's real, uh, it's affordable, it's family friendly. Um, a lot of kids go, and uh, it, we put on a good show. American Hockey League, second best league in the world, I think. I agree with you, and uh, the facilities at the SAP Center are just professional quality, so it's just like the Sharks game, but with younger players, and I think it's actually a faster game, because I'm not going to say the players aren't as strong, but by the time you get to the NHL, there's some pretty big beefcakes. Um, so it's a little bit more of a skill game, am I right in that, or am I making a bad assumption? No, I think it's, uh, you know, you're, you're pretty good. I mean, the NHL, you know, those guys are all NHL players for one reason, because they're, you know, the best there is to offer it, you know, as far as the world goes. But uh, this is the next generation coming up right now. You'll probably see, I don't know, seven to ten players from this team maybe someday playing for the Sharks. So come and see them while you can before they get to be big shots. Roy, um, I see at least three or four players on your team right now that are going to make the NHL. I'm not going to ask you to name them, but um, what can you tell me to expect about this season? What, what are you throwing out there for us? Well, you know, it's, uh, I think for us, I think it's just a matter of us getting some games under our hat and, uh, you know, just, you know, getting some maturity to our lineup and, you know, I, I expect us to, you know, have a really good season, you know, and make the playoffs and go far in the playoffs, you know, with uh, the youngest team in the league. I think, like I said, it's going to be a fun group to watch. We've got, you know, we've got pretty well everything. We've got, you know, some toughness and we're fast and, uh, you know, good goaltending. So we've got everything. It's just, uh, you know, how quickly we, we gel as a team. Thanks very much, Roy. Have a good season, and I'll talk to you as the season un, un, uh, d- develops. All right. Thanks, Rob. I was going to say unfold, but develops came out. Thanks very much. It's Roy Sommer. He's the winningest coach in the AHL. The San Jose Barracuda have two games this weekend. Tonight, we have no plans. It is a fun experience. Um, I highly endorse, highly uh, push. It's going to be tonight at 7 p.m. at the SAP Center. It's just like the Sharks game, but I think oh, better. It's easier to get into. There's not as many uh, uh, people in the urinals. <laughs> Is that fair to say? Um, the food's just as good. So it's uh, tonight at seven. The Bakersfield Condors. And then tomorrow they're playing Bakersfield again at one fifteen in the afternoon. So a nice matinee game for the uh, Barracuda. You can find out more at sjbarracuda.com. That's sjbarracuda.com.
Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. I want to help get you to retirement. That's always my goal. Doesn't mean it's going to work out quite like that, but that's the hope, right? Get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. I try to throw out a lot of stuff that makes sense for you. Doesn't mean that it's always going to make sense for you, but that's you know ultimately my goal. Um, I want to get you to retirement. So one of the areas that I do that in is I try to get you to focus in on um, some big picture things. Where is technology going? Where is media going? Where is healthcare and biotech going? It's a fun challenge to try to anticipate things along those lines. But it's also, to me, something you have to start thinking about and use your brain. Because as an investor, things change. And, you know, the moment Salem Radio can get a robot to do my show, they're going to do it if you can't tell the difference. From the rise of messaging bots to the extraordinary growth of esports, the future of streaming music, There's a lot of trends going on out there. Um, I still want to play with that whole Alexa thing where we get uh, a digital assistant in the kitchen, you know. Pay TV is changing quickly. How much you get for $100 is kind of a concept out there for you. I want you to dig as deep as you can. So you want to look at what are called super users. Um, super users, obviously people who consume a lot in media. So if you're playing Pokemon and you don't ever pay for anything, you're kind of like an attention unicorn. But if you're going out there and buying Pokeballs for nine ninety nine and that's virtual, then you're kind of a super user, a, a super whale, so to speak. You want to discover what's going on out there. The battle, uh, not the battle bots. The battle bots is a summertime show where robots attack each other. Messaging bots. Um, winning the great messaging war. So we've heard, you know, uh, companies at this point in time, uh, we, come on, let's think about this. Do you remember when you used to call phone companies or cable companies and they'd put you on hold and someone from your local town answered the phone, typically? And then it became kind of national and they're talking with the Texas or Oklahoma accent because labor in Texas or Oklahoma is cheaper. Then it became international and it was coming out of Indonesia or India. Then it became robots. Press one to have a technical person on the phone. Press two, and it's all about saving money. So esports is going to be a big phenomenon, and you look at it, and companies like ESPN are investing in video games, not the video games themselves, but video game athletes. So um, work with me on that one. Tech and media consumption is going to increase. And we know that it's an increase on all formats by 2020. So the formats where tech and media consumption are happening, video, audio, social media, messaging, and gaming, 
Gaming time will more than double, fueled by esports. It's expected by 2020. Messaging will grow faster than social media. And audio time will grow as ambient technology becomes pervasive. So I've got a Spotify account. I also have an Amazon Prime account, which gives me Amazon Music, which in the last month became super better, way better. So consumers are now starting to go, okay, well, I've got one audio solution. Do I really need two? And no, you don't. And I've got one that I could stream jazz all day long, whereas in the past you're like, I don't have enough jazz to play all day long in my house. But now you do, which is pretty cool. So the statistics out there right now are tied towards multitasking. How much do consumers actually do more than one thing at once? Like when you watch TV, are you also messaging? When you play video games, are you also listening to music? So multitasking is something that we pay attention to. Uh, multitasking also could be eating and drinking while listening to music. Eating and drinking while playing video games while listening to music. Commuting, exercise, shopping. Um, we're doing it more and more. So we are a nation that's hooked on media consumption. You have to start thinking about who are the players going to be, who are they not going to be. At work, people spend time on a lot of non-work tech and media activities. Number one thing we do at work is read the news and read emails. So that's not work-related. But then we do also do a little bit of Internet browsing, of which I'm petrified to do. Um, I work for two media organizations where I'm just assuming that they're looking at every web page I look at. So I'm not going to do anything naughty. I'm not going to do anything untoward. I'm not going to look up either candidate, just in case my boss likes the other one. Um, a lot of social media at work, a lot of streaming music at work. I have a friend who bought $200 pair of headphones, so while she can work, she can listen to music. And I'm like, does your boss not care? And she's like, nope. And I found that kind of interesting, because, I don't know, um, you're getting paid by a company to work, and should you really be rocking out while you're making maps? Tough to say. So, there's something called a super user, and that super user, I think, is also called a whale in a lot of businesses. Um, it's how much money do people spend versus users who don't spend. So a gaming super user spends six times more money than 82% of the other users. So if you can find a gamer who will throw down 60 70 80 $90 on Pokemon and then there's the person who won't spend any money on Pokemon. You're going to give that guy who does the Pokemon, you know, goes to the bank, spends 80 bucks, 90 bucks. You're going to give him a super experience so that not only does he keep coming back for that game, but he keeps coming back for other games. Um, digital attention unicorns, they capture 1 billion or more minutes of digital attention per week. Uh, people who aren't big spenders. So people who just kind of like looky-loos, so to speak. And looky lose will drive you crazy, especially if you're in the, if you're, for instance, say a car sales person or a, a homeowner, not a homeowner, but a real estate agent. And you get people who come in and they talk to you and they, they, they take your time. So heck, I, I see that all the time. You know, CFB Chad Burton will be giving us a speech and you'll get someone who wants to become a client waiting to talk to Chad. And then there's someone who doesn't want to become a client. He can't shut up talking to Chad. And that's frustrating. It's frustrating on every level of business, even in digital media consumption. 
monetization is not only a function of consumer attention, but it's also a function of a business model. And I think one of the best companies right now at monetizing is Apple. So not only do they get the fewest minutes, but they get the most monetization. So a company like Google, you may spend, you know, 55, 60 minutes, and then you slightly monetize it. But a company like Apple will spend 10 to 15 minutes, and they'll get the deal. Same thing with Amazon. They're both very, very good at monetizing what they do. Um, and that's important because you start to understand the ecology, so to speak. Subscriptions have really caught on to the point that I now have to start talking about, be careful about your subscriptions. I subscribe to a meditation site. It's not cheap. It's $9.99 a month or $5.99 or $6.99 if you prepay for the whole year. And if I forget, guess what? They're going to sign me up again next year automatically, auto-re-enroll, right? So, and then I look, I've got satellite radio. Okay, so that's two subscriptions. And I've got cable TV. That's three subscriptions. And I've got a gem. That's four subscriptions. So subscriptions are pretty big, pretty important. Over the next five years, global internet and media revenues will grow by over $400 billion, outpacing GDP growth. Um, as an investor, you always want to look for sectors that are growing faster than the GDP or sectors that are growing faster than other sectors, and those would be called your growth sectors. So you want to pay attention. Access, not content, is going to be the revenue growth driver over the next five years. So that's access, not content. So paid content makes up about a third of it, ad revenue about a third of it, and then cost of Internet access about a third of it. So when you have a Netflix and you have um, Spotify, you still need an Internet connection, right? So that's part of the business model, and that's why the Comcasts of the world are doing very, very well. So there's two subscriptions. When you have a subscription to Spotify, you probably have to have a subscription to Comcast or a DSL player or high-speed Internet player. I don't want to make assumptions that everyone has Comcast uh, cable modems. I often say you would have to pry for my dead fingers, my cable modem. You can have my gun. I don't care about that. Um, but my cable modem, you're going to have to take from my dead, my dead hands. So subscription is going to continue to be dominant as far as revenue models go counting for over half the consumer internet and media growth. If you've ever tried to cancel cable TV, they will do anything to keep you. So you should, on a regular basis, once a year, maybe the day after your birthday, call some of your subscription players like XM and say, you know what, it's too expensive for me, I need to cancel. Uh, call cable and say, you know what, it's too expensive for me, I need to cancel. And what you'll find is to keep you as a subscriber, to keep you paying on a monthly basis, they will bend over backwards to keep you. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So one of the things you'll hear me talk about on a regular basis on this show to try to focus you on retirement is demographics. And oftentimes I say the word millennials. Millennials, millennials, millennials. And you probably are at the point in time like, shut up about the millennials. I won't because they're the people who spend money. 18 to 35-year-olds. They're super important to our economy. But you can also see um, that they're super, you know, they have a voice that might not be yours. If you take a look at the top 10 subscription apps and you extrapolate youth data on top of them, I'll give you a countdown. The top 10 apps right now, as far as subscriptions go, number 10 is Match.com. Number 9, HBO Now. Number 8, Hulu. Number 7, this is a surprise. Sing Karaoke. Number six, Netflix. Number five, Pandora. Number four, Title. Number three, YouTube Red. Number two, Spotify. Number one, Tinder. Now, the percent of 18 to 35s who use Match, 31%. The percent of 18 to 35-year-olds who use Tinder, 70%. So if you're trying to shop Tinder as an IPO or you're trying to shop Tinder as an investment idea, you know that you're in a sweet spot of young people who spend money. So they'll pay for that. Like, I'm going to send that girl, she's so pretty, a super smile. A super smile might mean um, you get a virtual smile that you can, like, print on a screen and send it to her, and it's 99 cents or something stupid like that, Right. So, whereas on Match, they're like, hmm, not so much. I'll just wait. I'm going to check yes on everyone. <laughs> well, what are your standards? Well, she has teeth. Check. Wow. Okay, so her skin's a little scaly. But, you know, it could be a whole snake thing. That's kind of sexy. Check. So, Spotify and Tinder are the top two as far as millennials spending money. On apps, I found that kind of interesting. Um, and again, singing karaoke, I don't know anything about it. That makes me think, should I know something about it? Um, if you take a look at Apple's recent quarter, the services revenue, which is if they can only go to services, subscriptions, you know, downloads, games, things along those lines, they would. They love the Apple Music business model, so they need to get a, a video model to compete with Netflix. They probably need to get a, a Tinder model to compete with Tinder. So they're in the position to do it, right? So the trend of consuming via subscriptions also seen in the general population. Younger people aging in will further increase tech and media subscription adoption. So as the younger people become older, they're more acclimated to saying subscriptions fine by me. So as they age into being older... Digital access and television providers capture the highest average revenue per user. That's not surprising. You look at Comcast and their average revenue per user on a subscription basis is about $1,600 a 
a year. For phone service with Verizon, it's about $1,600 per year. So we are consuming big time in the cable television as well as the cell phone markets. That's the biggest area. When you take a look at what like Netflix pulls in versus what Comcast pulls in, it's paltry. So now companies like Comcast and AT&T have started to figure out we have these wonderful products, internet, phone, service, but we need to throw content on top of it because it's not good enough just to have the delivery mechanism. We need because we know we can get the subscription model out of people. So AT&T part of their business model is to get you to buy HBO or to get you to pay for action movies or to get you to pay for a kids channel. At some point in time, Disney is going to wake up and say, you know what? We've been a little lazy. We did it intentionally. We milked the cow that is cable television. And now we're going to start setting up apps. There is not a parent in the world when your kid is between the age of two and six that would not pay for a Pixar app where you get access to all the Pixar behind the scenes, where you get access to all the Pixar movies. Um, and then maybe when that kid turns six, you're going to get him the Star Wars channel where you get access to all the Star Wars movies, all the Star Wars cartoons. So Disney will eventually do that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. A um, couple other things that you always want to be paying attention to um, is digital platforms have become the discovery oligopoly, controlling each stage of the consumer journey. So there's access there's discovery, there's consumption. And companies like Google help you with access, with discovery, but they don't have the social network component. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you need to talk about, we could talk about. So no one is locked up everything. Google's as close as there is with a payment wallet, first parity publishing, sponsored content, ad stacks, virtual assistants, but they don't have the social network. So Facebook doesn't really have the hardware or the OS or the browser, or the cloud services that Google does. Apple has all that, but they also don't have the social network. They've got none. So, plus Apple doesn't have any sort of first-party publishing, which other companies like Google do have and Facebook does have. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.